This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome to a special mailbag edition of Dinner SOS. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. We'll be back next week with our regular episodes. But today, I'm joined by my colleague, Shilpa Iskokovic, and we're going through our inbox. Hi, Shilpa. Hi, Chris. Are you ready to answer some listener questions? Yes, I am. Great. Our producer, Jordan, has some listener questions ready for us. All right. So our first question today comes from listener Serena, who is looking for some help with roasted vegetables. She says, I can't seem to make good roasted vegetable recipes. If I roast one vegetable alone on a sheet pan, they come out well. But when I make any sheet pan or one dish recipe that involves cooking either multiple vegetables or vegetables and a protein together in the oven, the vegetables come out soft and mushy. Do you guys have any tips for Serena on how to tackle this vegetable issue? I think if they're soggy, I think maybe there's just too much on the sheet tray to begin with. Could that be one thing, Chris? I feel like I feel like there's like two questions here. There's yeah. one is like how do you make great roasted vegetables full stop and what are the keys there? But then there's also this question of okay, when it comes to a sheet pan dinner, what is the ideal way to make vegetables and proteins interact on a baking sheet. Mm. And in the case of like just how to make great roast vegetables, to your point, don't overcrowd the pan, right? If you want actual color on things as opposed to just kind of steaming them, dividing things across two rimmed baking sheets could be the way to go. Mm -hmm. You know, there's like more cleanup involved, but you know, you can get like a good amount of vegetables done on two half yeah. sheets. Yes, everybody needs to have two baking sheets. You at need home. two. Always. One's not enough. No, and two wire racks. <laughs> I don't even have one wire rack. Oh you should God. see the things I do. Oh my God. I'll lay, I don't want to know. I'll Stop. lay chopsticks <laughs> oh across a sizzle platter Cancel the podcast. and kind of rest <laughs> things really precariously on them. Please stop. <laughs> I don't, I just, I, I just don't have room for, for a rack. It I just, sits in your sheet tray. It's, it's on. In the it's like tray. on a list somewhere. Anyway, oh God. <laughs> so, but here's the other thing. Okay, but when it comes to one pan, you know, kind of meals, sheet pan dinners, the key move in most cases, and I think a lot of our recipes will tell you this, is that you need to either, in the case of like something like chicken. The chicken needs to start before the vegetables, Mm. generally speaking, and Mm. the vegetables need to be added later on in the cooking process. Or in the case of something with fish, Mm. you may need to start the vegetables first and then Mm. bring the protein in. Yes, it's a matter of coordinating the timings and knowing how long each thing takes to cook. 
And if it's a matter of, to your point, if it's a matter of adding things in different stages, even with all the vegetables, maybe if you're doing mixed vegetables, mm-hmm. add them at different stages. Some things cook faster, um, you know, or cut them a different size. And yeah. then you can put them all together on the same um, tray. Totally. Like, I'll do like big fat wedges of red onion, you mm. know, like a red onion cut through the core so that the the wedges kind of stick together. Yeah. And then I'll pair, you know, and each a pretty generous sized red onion, you know, might get cut into like eight pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, maybe like a pound or so of carrots and, you know, maybe some like wedges of delicata squash or something, you know, yeah. around like an inch thick or so. And that will generally speaking kind of cook in the same amount of time. Mm. Zainab had oh, yeah. a sheet pan um, chicken and cabbage salad. Um, that, I think, was... everything went on at the same time, which was like a bit yes. of a miracle. Mm-hmm. There were green beans and red cabbage. There was definitely red cabbage. It was a sesame chicken and cabbage salad. Mm-hmm. Um, and it had, you know, chicken thighs, green beans. Yes, you're right. Um and green beans can take some abuse. Like green bean- you can yes. you can roast the heck out of a green bean. They're actually really good roasted. And they're really good. Mm-hmm. You can roast them almost forever until they're like shriveled and yet they're still they they're like they I don't know, they retain quite a bit of fun. Yeah. And well the secret is you have to have a good bit of oil in there, otherwise they turn leathery. But yes. yeah, for a for a bunch of us who like worked in restaurants and I used to like, you know, a barely cooked Green bean bathed in butter, I think, like, roasting or sautéing or frying a green bean is a revelation. Yes. Um, I'm looking at Zainab's recipe right now, and one of the steps is where she broils it in the end, and I think that's something fun. Mm. If you feel like, you know, your vegetables haven't got enough color, remove your protein if that's cooked through, and then just bring it up. Blast uh, it. A rack, and, uh, yeah, put it under the broiler. And Love you get it. the color that you want. All right. Our next listener question comes from Abby. She's looking for something that's relatively easy, plant forward, and that is still hearty enough to be a main dish and something that isn't too cheesy. Oh, and the most important part is it's something that both kids and adults will like. Anytime somebody asks a question, or even if I ask myself a question about what will my children eat, I get terrified. I have like (laughs) cold sweats, chills, um, ache. Is there anything that you and your kids like eat, like can agree on? (sighs) There's a lot of like, yeah, pasta, but hold the sauce. Oh, You know, yes, a burger, but no, I don't want cheese or any condiments on it. (laughs) Okay. So, (laughs) yeah, the Venn diagram doesn't have much overlap in my life. But what were you thinking of? I'm thinking of Kendra's um, sun-dried tomato pasta. I cross-tested that, and that was really good. Let me Did try we to... not have cheese in there? I was looking up the recipe, actually, and there is no cheese. Really? Yeah. Um, yeah, I distinctly remember it being really good. Uh, you, you know, you cook garlic and capers, mm-hmm. um, and then you blitz it with, like, sun-dried tomatoes and vinegar. So they disappear. I yes. feel like that's the clutch move. Mm. Just negate, oh, yeah. negate the texture. Yes, of a leathery. Don't let there be, tomato. you know, like any kind of like pointing at like the green thing and oh, being like, Where, like when you're what's feeding that? kids. Yes. Okay, yes. Shilpa, whoa, Got it. get in the zone. Sorry, <laughs> I beg your We're pardon. feeding children here. Like <laughs> yes. you can't just have a caper lying in full view. <laughs> True. It's like <laughs> adults atrocity. with anchovies half the time. You got to make them disappear. Big vote for me for this pasta. I think it like... 
appeals across the board. You know, it's pasta. A lot of people like pasta, including children, I would wager. No cheese. I think, honestly, perfect recipe. Mm -hmm. And as you said, I think what's important is a lot of it is blitzed into oblivion. So you don't really have any offensive texture. And the best part is it gets topped with these crunchy breadcrumbs, which I think I think texture is a great um, flavor. <laughs> Here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. But what if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's SOS20 for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self-destructs. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. So we have another question here from listener Jackson, who's looking for some help rounding out the pantry and wants to know what spices to stock or any sauces or jarred items that would be great to have in the pantry. I would love to know what your pantry looks like. Oh, <laughs> I feel it's, like it's like very well organized. It is well organized. There's I have a to lot say. of like half pint containers yes, with like hand drawn label. labels. No, it's printed with the label maker. Oh Jesus! Yes. <laughs> Actually, I was laughing when I heard the question because this feels like a question tailor made for my husband, mm. who is the pantry addict in my family. I mean, when pandemic hit, oh. He was we like, good. To, no, we didn't have, yeah, we didn't have <laughs> to like, shop for nothing. You didn't even have to go out. <laughs> nothing, nothing. <laughs> and then I always yell at him and that that one moment like justified all his uh, oh. shopping and I was like, oh, God damn. Um, pantry. I think, yes, I do have a very well-stocked pantry, but even me, I find myself going back to certain things. Um, curry paste, like Thai curry paste to me is a very big one. Maisry brand. Yes. M-A-E-S-R-I. The Masaman curry paste. Yes. Red curry red paste. Curry, green, green curry. Yellow. Yes. yes the all rainbow. Of it. The green can, which oh. is not green curry, but something else. And it's usually like sauteed with green beans. That is so, and chicken. That one is so good. And you know, actually, that's a good point that you made by calling out the brand name because that's, that's, that, that's what I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's important. Like, Brand name is things everything. do matter. Like it the does. Harissa, you remember? Oh, oh, oh my God. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, the Harissa. Do, <laughs> yeah, do I remember? Yeah, no, I think I remember the Harissa. We literally fought about it for like two hours. <laughs> I don't know that we ever finished fighting about the damn Harissa. Well, because there's only one winner. It was NY Shook. 
<laughs> right. Because, okay, so, you know, not to get off topic or anything, but, you know, yes, the brands matter because the the brands that, like, over time that we have seen perform over and over are the ones that we will make room for in our pantry. Yes. NY Shuk. Yeah. Is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. The harissa is the best. It's, it's the best. It's not too spicy. It's, it's assertive. Thick. It's thick, but it's not like the Gloopy. paste that comes out of the tube. Yes. You know, so Maisery brand curry, curry paste. paste. 100%. NY Shuk, harissa, and preserved lemons. Oh, yeah. And they're preserved lemons. What's in, your go-to? In, in my pantry, you will find Maya Kaimal's um, oh, chicken that. tikka masala. Okay, nice. Like kind of simmer sauce mm-hmm. for days. Okay. You will find Rick Bayless's red chili enchilada Ooh, sauce. Oh, is it good? The ones in the Foil pouches? pouches. Okay. It's incredible. Oh, I've been wanting because to try those. who wants to, on a weeknight, I'm not going to rehydrate dried chilies. chilies. I get it. You know? But this is like rehydrated chilies with a a, a modest amount of tomato. Mm. And I'll even use it in like a Thai curry. Oh, right. Because the spicing isn't so, you know, kind of specific. You know, Mm -hmm. if I fry out a a can of Thai curry paste, I can bulk it up, you know, with like a pouch of the red enchilada sauce. No problem. Throw in some coconut milk and away we go. Wow, I didn't think of that. I'd also say, like, I'm a big fan of of stocking fewer spices, but yes. fresher spices. 100%. And even if there's just, like, a handful of blends that, you mm-hmm. know, that you, you're interested— Like, while you're ordering your NY Shuk Harissa paste, order their—I think they have, like, a shawarma spice. Mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. Um, they have, like, maybe, like, yeah, huaj or, like, baharat. Like, there's some blends that combine a lot of spices together— and, you know, you'll, you can use quite a bit at a time, especially if you're roasting a couple sheet trays of vegetables or something. Um, zatar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chop masala. Yes. Sometimes I will just, I'll, I'll reach for these things, a shawarma spice, a harissa spice. Because yeah. ultimately, you know, if I'm, if I'm building these things from the ground up, oh, or curry powder, like mm-hmm. I use like Only mild SNB curry powder. brand. Only SNB. <laughs> I use like the Fresh Direct brand, but it's fine. But SNB <laughs> brand is fine. You know, it's, it's not it's great. fine. It is the best. SNB curry powder if you're making Japanese style yes. curries or, you know, kind of adding like a layer of aromatics mm-hmm. to curries of all types um, is just a great one stop shop flavor. Yeah, but I agree. I think have a few, don't go wild. Yeah. And you don't have to have as many blends as you think either. No, just a hand. There's only a handful that are really worth having or that you'll even find. I do love Old Bay, actually, I have to say. I love Old Bay. The celery salt in there gets a little bit sharp for for me. Like, it's not super versatile the way that I want it to be. I love it in avocado toast or with eggs. Um, What else? What else is good for a pantry? I mean, they're the obvious ones like rice and pasta, which is fine. Of course. I'm like a big like tins of anchovies, mm. tins of sardines. I'm a little specific about my canned beans. Oh, in what way? Well, like there's a certain company that's like, isn't that great? Okay. It turns out, but they make really good beans, you know? So I, I'm just a big I'm fan of like, if think. you can find beans that have salt in them yes. for one thing. Yeah. It gives you a big leg up in terms of building flavor later on. Yes. Don't go so for low sodium. Don't beans. go for low sodium. Absolutely not. No. Are you are you the type who favors like 
can uh, beans in a j- glass jar over like canned beans. I don't have time for that. Okay. <laughs> I don't I, I mean sure yeah. all things being equal but oh Rayo's marinara, marinara sauce. I was, and this and the trick is to get it from Costco. Oh, that's well, the trick. <laughs> you, um, you got a head start on me there. I well, haven't been there for a while. Yeah. But Rayo's marinara always. sauce I use it for everything. Mm -hmm. I braise sausages in it, meatballs. One of my kids always wants sauce on, like, everything. And I'll be like, okay, you know, here you go. It's a great sauce. It's It's really, it's, Rails is the best. Um, And speaking of tomato products, I think having canned tomatoes is, I always have canned tomatoes. And it's usually. Bianco di Napoli. (sighs) Oh, okay, listen. Stop. No, listen. It is great. It is great, but it's like five or six dollars a tin. Come Just on. Just use less. <laughs> My Mut- go-to Muti brand yes. double concentrated That's tomato paste in 100%, the tube. One hundred percent, non negotiable. Never, never buy tomato paste in, in a, a can. can. Yes, it's horrible. And it's tinny. Yes. The double concentrated helps. in the tube, you can use a tablespoon or two at a time. And you have to store it face up. Face up, or otherwise so there, there will be leakage. Yep. <laughs> We're living the same life, clearly. Um, for people who are not Chris and who are on a budget, um, I recommend uh, Jersey Fresh canned tomatoes or oh. Sclafani brand. I don't know Sclafani. if I'm saying it right. Yeah. But... I love both of those. I've I honestly those stopped using a lot of canned tomatoes. Really? I'll okay. occasionally buy one can of Bianco di Napoli. Yeah. But I will use tomato paste more often than not. Because my kids don't want texture Smart. anyway. Okay. Right? And like the Rayos is pretty smooth. Yeah. And not off-putting to them. Yeah. And the tomato paste gives you the ultimate tomato yeah, yeah. Tex- smooth texture if you're doing like all of vodka, pulled the vodka, you know. Mm. Hmm, interesting. And I guess you don't have to spend all that time reducing. No, um, not at all. It's right there, ready to mm-hmm. go. Smart. All right. From the creators of Who Smarted, Starglow Media comes a brand new podcast called Mysteries About True Histories. Uh, does that sound serious enough? Uh, Max, we only have 30 seconds for this promo. Just tell them how your mysterious aunt recruited us into a secret order of problem solvers who travel time and have epic adventures. I don't have to. You just did. Catch new episodes of Mysteries About True Histories every Thursday on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. All right. And then we've got one last question from Ayet, who writes in to ask for a little help with a dinner party. Um, Ayat writes, my friends and I love doing themed dinner parties, which I usually host. The next one we have coming up is a Victorian era themed party. Um, My plan was to do a main, a side, and maybe a simple dessert. I have a tendency to get very carried away. So I'm trying to find something a little more low key. My background is Middle Eastern and it might be fun to try incorporating something like that. Do you guys have any Victorian era themed tips for Ayat? I feel like it's like it's pretty elaborate, right? Wouldn't For it be sure. like a like a cold meat and aspic? I was kind gonna of say thing? it would be elaborate, it would be like congealed. Yeah, like, like congealed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um like an elaborate dessert like a Charlotte Russe. Mm-hmm. You know, like some like Bavarian 100%. cream, like stabilized kind of like you know, creme patissier or like fruit or I don't know. Strawberry in there or like salmon covered in like cream and cucumber. Yes. Oh, you could do a wonderful (laughs) kind of like Middle Eastern spiced 
kind of aspic. Oh, look at you. With quite with, Victorian of you. With like, yeah, over like jellied over um uh like salmon. I love that idea. And you can kind of do some like pickles or something like really bright and colorful, like what you did for fancy frugal dinner party oh, almost yeah, yeah. Mm. around the meatloaf. Mm. But no meatloaf. Shit, you could make the you meatloaf. Make- <laughs> Just make the meatloaf. <laughs> But put put some Maybe spices in it. Put like a whole partridge in there. Yeah, and put make like it a little Victorian. Ross Al Hanout all oh, yeah. like up in there, and mm. it's got like this creamy spinach kind of sort of sort of stuffed meatloaf kind it of does. like oh, it's wonderful. That in a Charlotte Russe, you'd be laughing. <laughs> well, I am right now. Well, you are um, now too. Um, I meant it more like the way English people mean it. I like, get, I get it. Okay, cool. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think what else could be Victorian. Um, uh, well, Google it. Google it. Victorian era food. Oh <laughs> Top dishes in Victorian England. Well, if you were poor in the 19th century, you'd be surviving off of stale bread and bone soup, apparently. <laughs> so there's that. The general Victorian diet consisted of a lot of fish. Fish. Local seasonal vegetables and grains. Nuts were popular. Oh. The influence of Indian cooking was beginning its role. In English history, due to colonization, mm. and curries became popular. What about, um, yeah, like kedgeri? Ooh, I had a good one recently. Did you? Did yeah. you ever have the one at Shamatant? That's the one. That's the one. Fucking That's the one. Baller. <laughs> it's really good. It's, it's really incredible. good. <laughs> America's at a big disservice that we don't have smoked haddock, mm. you know, kind of big, firm, meaty, yes. oceanic whitefish, um, you know, that gets smoked and it has this kind of tint to it. Yeah. And it, and kedgeri is sort of like, it's a kind of, I mean, this is straining sort of my available knowledge, but kind of like an offshoot, you sort of like the spelling is an offshoot of like kitchen. Kitchery, yeah. Right? Like Indian. So mm-hmm. it's kind of like almost like a, f- not fried rice, but almost like a rice peel Actually, off with like good... smoked fish kind mm-hmm. of moment and eggs. And eggs. And it was often served turmeric. as like, a, yeah, turmeric and served as like a breakfast food. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And if you can do some smoked haddock, like smoked trout would be fine. It's not I quite do love a hot smoked meaty trout. enough. But That's like, true. Hot smoked salmon might work. Hot mm-hmm. smoked, not cold smoked. No, not cold smoked. Um, oh, I love that dish. That that particular version is very good. Yes, they they do it very well there. I I have to say. Um, um and slightly sweet. I think that's what makes their version. Um, at Shematant, it's a little sweet. No, be so fun. What if you did like a salmon on croute? You know, like oh, bake God. some salmon with <laughs> with with you know your you know your 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 uh, some spices, like liberally kind of coating it, mm. baked in a puff pastry shell. But you got to do the, the fish like decoration. You do the fish oh. scale decoration Ooh. in the, <laughs> the puff pastry. Okay. You do, you do puff pastry like tiles. We can do your beef wellington. We could do my beef there we wellington. Go. There we go. Chris, yes. We don't you are have Victorian to and you don't even know it. We don't have to wonder. Because you were so excited about this one. Like, <laughs> I love um, that dish. The beef wellington? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a great dish. I think beef wellington is great. And did yours have mushrooms? Yeah, it had to have had mushrooms. I think I put um, mushroom in it. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. The, the OG Gordon Ramsay that I did for reverse engineering. Oh, yeah. With like an entire bottle of red wine reduced for like the sauce with like all the, the tenderloin trim cooked Ooh. out and then used to reinforce the 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 the, the sauce. So- I mean yeah. it was like that sounds like a it lot was of effort. Over the top. Mm. But it was so good. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. I mean, it's a whole bottle of wine. It better be good. Um, I love how we started off not having any ideas. (laughs) And now I will not rest until I have had, like, a Victorian-era-themed, like, 80s prom dance party kind of mashup. That's a good one. And it's going to be amazing. I love it. Invite me. Cool. Um. I have to say, the last thing I want to say, apparently we owe the complete English breakfast to the Victorians. And that sounds like something really worth mentioning. For, like, English breakfast... Is the best. Is the best. <laughs> and so for the onion, uh, for the uninitiated, <laughs> we're talking about English baked beans, which is not American baked beans that have molasses and all like the dark brown sugar. English baked beans, which are very like tomatoey and ketchupy, still sweet vinegary. Mm-hmm. and vinegary. Um, usually like a couple fried and eggs. It has to come out of the rashers can. Rashers of bacon. Oh, it has to come out of the can. Yep. You'll never do better than Heinz. Yes. <laughs> and it's got like a crappy broiled tomato that's always <laughs> out of season. Pallid and gross. And but- sometimes a flaccid um, mushroom. One hundred percent. That's pretty key. <laughs> yep. In some areas, you might have some black pudding. Oh, like I've yeah. had like Irish mm. versions with like a little like black pudding, which I freaking love. Mm. I can't say I've had no yeah. problem with black pudding. No, I agree. No problem. Um, Just haven't had a great one, but I agree. It's yeah. a great thing if it, it if it's good. The full English mm-hmm. and like strong tea, yeah. builder's tea. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> the my tea is essential. Too sweet. Yeah. And milky. Too enough. sweet. Milky. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, Chris, we were born in the wrong time. (laughs) I know. (laughs) Uh, Yes, we had fun with this one. This was great. Uh, Please invite us to the next Victorian party. Yeah, Uh, please tag us. I want (laughs) to see what you do. If you have a dinner emergency or just a quick question, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com. Or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. You can find the recipes featured on today's episode, plus the rest of the Bon Appetit recipe archive on the new Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. They're also linked in the show notes. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Shilpa Eskokovic. This episode was produced by Jordan Bell and Leah Kasher. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Jake Loomis is our engineer. We'll be back to our regular format next week. Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, mental health advocate, mom of two, content creator, and host of Conversations with Cam. This podcast is dedicated to having honest conversations, prioritizing your well-being, and reminding you that no matter what you're feeling, you are not alone. We'll discuss mental health maintenance, the ups and downs of motherhood, the trials and tribulations of life, and have a lot of fun along the way. Whether you're knee-deep in diapers or just trying to keep your sanity intact, this podcast is for you. Expect laughs, maybe a few tears, and hopefully some breakthroughs along the way. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes of Conversations with Cam every Wednesday morning.